hello, the internet. Yep, it's the old substitute teacher coming in, rolling the old AV card. I don't know what VHS we are going to watch today. Again, I will have to dig through the back of my Sentra to see what tapes I have that we have not seen yet. But with that, I will welcome you to this episode uh, three of season 147 of the Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. It's the podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, get freaked out, put the top back on and then try and talk about something else that's a little less uh, pressing or horrific. And then off the top, you know what time it is. We say fuck the Coke brothers, fuck Coke industry, fuck Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, Buck Sexton, especially after that whole comment Rush Limbaugh said. It's all trash coming out of these people recently, but not here. We just have trash takes on pop culture. Uh, this is Wednesday, August 19th. 2020. My name is Miles, aka Experimental Artist, ya boy Kusama, uh, and I am thrilled to be joined by my wonderful guest co-host, someone I like to team up with when it's time for Jack to take a little bit of a breather, uh, the one and only scam goddess herself, my sister from another mister, Lacey Mosley. Hey, it's your girl, Lacey Mosley, aka I Scam, whatever you say I scam. If I wasn't, then why would I say I scam? On the podcast, the phone, every day I scam, I don't know. It's just the way I scam. That came from Walt, okay, well his name on Twitter is Water Chestnut the Second, but his name is Scott Birdie, right on. Sorry, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Shout out to Scott. What's poppin'? I sit back with this mic and these scams and this weed that give me... Anyway, uh, I, what a what an aggro track that shit. I uh, used to used to scream that. Yo, uh, Eminem makes the... music for just like the scariest people. Yeah, or and teenagers, teenage boys too. Yeah, like that's why that shit was room. pop. Yeah. How do we screaming. let him get away with that? He's just be in his room like I want to kill my mom, and we just be listening to that. Yeah, you're mm. like fuck you, Debbie, and like my mom's like you do your homework. I'm like shut up, Debbie. And she, I'm like I mean she's like what'd you call me? I'm like nothing. Um, okay. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lacey, for coming here. I want to now introduce our guest today, uh, Mm -hmm. a a person who's hosting a show on our network as well, someone who is a dialect coach, someone who is about uh, uh, elevating people's voices quite literally, the host of the Permission to Speak podcast. Please welcome Samara Bay. (laughs) Oh, my God. What an intro. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming by. How, have you, um, how are you doing? I love your curtain, your nice backdrop, uh, whatever yeah, fabric you've hung is really. I like chilling I'm in my it. own lit. I mean, this is my podcast studio, but also it's your podcast studio. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if you guys know how the pandemic works, <laughs> but yes, I feel very, I feel very at home here with my yeah. fancy backdrop. I know. I mean, I had to create a. Studio. Did you now? Okay, I, I, we love textiles and fabrics here. Uh, is that something <laughs> you got especially for this? Is this a project you gave up no, on and you had some extra no. footage yardage that you're throwing up? Um, what a what a delightful and crafty uh, suggestion that is. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I have a for anybody who's not looking. <laughs> yeah, it's an audio medium. <laughs> um, 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 I guess I'm talking to people that aren't just Miles and Lacey. I don't know. Right. Um, uh-huh. It's actually a blanket, and it oh, is okay. from um, Society6, which is like oh, a yeah. delightful decor, uh, you know, whatever website that that like is, um, I think, sort of the sort of thing that artists 
like make money off Ooh. of. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can put up your art and, and then they'll put it on anything for you. Print it I was up. like exactly. fancy Etsy or like, Fan- yeah, or like fancy Etsy. I mean, that's the thing. I was actually, that's why I was hesitating. I was like, I don't know what its relationship is to Etsy. It's not the same. And it's no, so not the same. Yeah. They don't have, the artists don't have to do the selling. It's like they, they take oh, okay. on. Yeah. Kind of anyway, like Public we... or other places. Upload your art. They'll do the rest for you. Just you bring the IP and we'll slap it on some text. Oh, and I have this like, I have this general sense that I'm like supporting artists, but I, I like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just supporting Society6. Yeah. But yes, no, it's, it's, um, it's Cheetahs. It's oh, like love cheetahs. fuzzy and Cheetahs. And I was trying uh, truly in like very early days of the pandemic when my podcast was like two weeks old and we suddenly all had to move elsewhere right. uh, to create a quote unquote studio with lots of like, you know, soundproofing. And so this was a thing and then it became a thing. Fantastic. Well, we're going to get to know you even better. First, we got to just give the listeners a little taste of what's mm. coming down the road here on this uh, today's episode. Rather, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the the stars of the GOP convention uh, at the RNC, because right now the DNC convention is kicking off. We have Michelle Obama uh, just basically make people weep by bringing back the return of the bare minimum. Uh, mm-hmm. And reminding us what that was. Uh, and then, but yeah, but the GOP, they're letting you know, oh, okay, you may have John Kasich over there, Kasich at the DNC uh, and other people. Uh, or maybe you have the head of Quibi speaking for longer amounts of time than actual politicians. But either way, the RNC is coming with their hits and we'll get into some of the people, the elevated talents that will be gracing the stage there. Uh, we'll also talk about, got to talk about Michelle Obama's speech a little bit. Uh, and also, you know, just, you know, the whole WAP phenomenon, you know, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion really struck a nerve in this country by, you know, deigning to speak about their own desires sexually. And now the results are in. We've seen the smear campaigns and it turns out WAP is unfuckwithable. Uh, no matter how hard you try, you cannot stop it. Uh, so we'll get into some of those dynamics of it. And I'm actually curious to hear your take on that as well, Samara, uh, because the, the idea of speaking out as a woman for the things that you like and want and what that backlash has looked like is kind of an interesting dimension to the WAP conversation. Then we'll talk about uh, three of Ellen's top producers. Uh, we're starting to see some some heads roll as a result of this investigation over there, uh, as well as the aggressive return of pumpkin spiced everything. Uh, it's happening and we can't stop it. But you know what? It's that time of the year, so we might as well just embrace it uh, before we get into all that. Samara, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? I uh, I had a lot. I, you know, I'm a podcast host. So I also like so I had to go through my search history of all of the people that I'm like actually just doing research on, which seemed like the least interesting thing to bring on here ever. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I found because I'm also writing a book. OK. Ooh. I know. Guys, okay. tell me what I got to do to get in those notes. You know what I mean? Um, It's going to be all about you, too. Fantastic. fantastic. It's, yeah, okay. I pivoted in the I moment. You know, 2020 is all about Times the pivot. Bestseller. So, mm-hmm. yep. uh, um, no, but truly, um, I was all ready to go to New York and try to sell this thing in, like mid-late March. Mm-hmm. Um, really well aligned with um, travel yeah. suddenly becoming slightly more difficult. And instead, I actually did 14 publisher meetings over Zoom. Oof. Like wow. everybody was interested in this. I mean, it's a book about the voice. It's a book about like how what it is to like speak in public and to, you know, say things like they matter. So right. I, I think that I think it's a bit zeitgeisty, um, uh, if you will. Um, and I, I totally was like, A, no one is going to care because like there's a suddenly a global, you know, crisis. 
and and B, I can't fly to New York and have this like dream week I was going to have away from my family. No yeah. offense. Well, I mean, look. <laughs> no, you know. everybody needs a break, okay? Yeah. Now you just going to um, eat chocolate in your bathtub. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have, I have a hotel in Midtown. I'm going to like treat myself like a person. And then anyway, anyway so all that went away. But, uh, but truly there was like a huge amount of interest for this thing. But, um, but so I'm writing this book in the middle of a pandemic with no childcare. Um, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And one of my most recent search histories was which scene in Wonder Woman I wanted to reference to like encapsulate this thing about how she doesn't have a second of hesitation of like, oh, there's a there's a real world. There's a war going on in it. It's endless. A bunch of men can't solve it. I know. I'll come and fix it. Mm hmm. Which just felt like such a delightful, like, you know, ask a bunch of real world women, like, you know, is this something you're qualified for? And they'll be like, um, oh God, I don't know. I don't, I just don't have prior experience. Right. And she's like, you just need that Wonder that. Woman energy. Yeah. <laughs> the confidence of yeah. a mediocre white man. She was like, right? I'm the one to fix it. Oh, yeah. Right. She's like, I just met this guy named Chris Pine. He's my first ever white man I've ever met. Um, yeah. I think I can probably do better. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn, he's also called Chris. I thought that was just a stereotype I heard on the island I was raised on that was invisible. Uh, right, right, exactly, exactly. I heard all men are named Chris. Um, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Anyway. That is, yeah. I'm uh, interesting. So, did you you were able to? Dial I was trying that to decide in? between two. Well, I mean, this is also like uh, it's a little inside baseball because I actually uh, was the dialect coach for her on the second movie. Oh, okay. Which right. has not revealed, yet come revealed, out. revealed. Uh-huh. I mean. Okay. It was supposed to this summer, but I don't know if you guys know there's a pandemic. I heard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was looking forward to it, too. It's Wonder Woman 84, right? Yes, it is. Yes, Great it is. Year. So we Great like year. jumped Great back year. in. Um, I flew to D.C. two years ago and did a summer because it's supposed to take place in ni- not only 1984, but also in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to coach her. And then she did a whole other part of it in Europe where they were for another six months and they had a different coach for that. So just to be, you know, really, yeah. I don't want to. Take credit. Well, I, is not you know due, what? But as a podcast, we will give you credit for everything Gal Gadot does now, including you. the video uh, of uh, when they were all singing to camera during the pandemic. Yeah, we're going to give you credit for that, too. I heard you were the the uh, dialect <laughs> coach for when everyone did the Imagine. No, I literally, no, you guys, I literally was like, should I text her and tell her? <laughs> You're like, this is fuck. <laughs> I know. I had like six people write me and be like, How's Gal today? And I was like, stop. He's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Look. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not actually I... like her influencer. Yeah, I heard right, you right. in the back, like it's <laughs> imagine all the people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I heard you by the way, the by the way, by the way, voice coach for speaking, not for singing. For singing. No, right, I'm right, adding right. singing. Okay, gotcha. I'm adding singing to it. I'm adding I'll hire you for it. that too, based on the strength <laughs> of that work. Uh, um, but no, if she'd like run like the, the tonal, the the, the like tone deafness yeah. by me, I would have had some opinions, but whatever. Um, what is something that you think is over? Overrated. Something you're looking out there and go, oof. Okay, guys, it, but, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna be okay. First of all, this is a little like on the DNC because I watched the whole thing last night, mm-hmm. so or whatever, two nights ago. Good so, for you. Um, I know. I was really Not, into I cannot, it. Okay. I cannot do it. <laughs> I, 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 it. Uh, okay, so I, I mean, obviously, this is like my jam because I was thinking, professionally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had on my podcast permission to speak. Uh, Sarah Hurwitz, she was Michelle Obama's speechwriter for all the entire, and Barack's, I should say, for and all Melania's. the years. 
<laughs> yes, and in fact, <laughs> right, exactly, right. Melania was like, "I'll get the free version." Yeah. Um, She's like, "Someone, write, someone, turn on the captions on this YouTube video and write them down." <laughs> We're gonna hear hers at the at the RNC, and it's gonna be Michelle's. It's gonna be right, I right. Hope it yeah. is. Um, and she's gonna, gonna be like, like "It is to... what it is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the, and then the duck lips. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So my overrated. Okay, this just came to me, and I mm-hmm. feel like I'm just going to say something kind of yeah. controversial. Um, the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, no, you're right. Oh, you yeah. Guys, it's, Come it's, on in. What the, the water's what warm. What is it about? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Some war that... No, I, yeah. I don't, Plus I don't uh, the slap. slavery references that didn't make it to the version we sing out in public. The radio I edit mean, leaves out the whole paragraph about slaves yeah. and how they'll never be free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like a it's like a perfect example of how like tradition quote unquote wins out over like common sense and like yeah. a, a evolving as a culture. Right. And then watching just doing the all thing- those kids, watching all those kids with different, you know, with like trying to trying to like show the diversity of America singing this fucking lame song. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, no, Overrated. and it's just, it's, it's very much like America where it's like, yeah, we love this song. It, it embodies everything. And they're like, what about all that racist shit? All right, just cut that part out and ignore it. And then we'll pretend that never happened because this is America. Like, Wait, we'll because, just, because we have to hold on to our ramparts, guys. Yeah, right. Can I just read it? What is America without the ramparts? Oh my God, please, no. please. It's no refuge could save the Ireland or enslave from terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the Star Spangled Banner in triumph doth wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave. So like literally the end of the song, right before they ended, they were like, wait, 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 wait. Hold and on, it's gotta rhyme. about slaves. Yeah. A rhyme slave with brave. <laughs> Shit. I'm like... Uh, I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, I did no, not I mean, know that. this is. I, but you were, you. Were, I think you caught on to something even deeper that f- doesn't. It feels old. But it can, feels dated. And like, why do we need it any? Like, we're so. I'm sorry. Abil- I'm sorry. Just even, even put. Uh, uh, my brain is breaking. Even putting slave <laughs> next to free and wave the- and brave. <laughs> No, I mean you got to hand it to them with the rhyme. They were like, "How yeah. do we? How does any other song top this?" Because ours, Francis I don't know if you guys Key, have ever heard of yeah. such a thing. Rhymes, bars, Francis Scott as they on said the back keys. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keys on a track. Like, yeah, he has a little, like Francis Scott music, like a right. little drop, like Maybach music. <laughs> what, what should we re- replace it with? What's a thing that like you feel like most American? I mean, at this point, because I, I was reading the takes about how a lot of uh, right wing like racists were like, I guess I have to boycott Dolly Parton because she black she backs Black Lives Matter. I'm like, are y'all that sad? You couldn't even y'all. You're gonna have nothing. Although they say that on Twitter, and then they're like just crying to Jolene at home. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. Homeboy no, Jolene... from the Squidbillies just got fired for doing that. Doing what? Taking shots at Dolly. Yeah, he took oh some God. real shots at Dolly, called her a slut and all types of, yeah, for backing Black Lives Matter. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuart D. Baker, and they fired him, honey. But Squidbillies yeah. is like a very racist, like kind of like making fun of like racist old tropes that show. But I didn't know that he was like about that life. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's easy to watch because they're not taking it seriously. Like, oh, they, okay, so there's some real Squidbillies in there. Yeah, okay. he said this, <laughs> this freak tittied old southern bimbo and called her a slut for forsaking her own race culture and heritage by supporting oh, black lives wow. matter that, he's a full-on white supremacist 
Oh, Damn. Yeah. He's oh, a yeah. whole ass white supremacist. Also, going after Dolly, that is not going to end yeah. well. She's wonderful. You guys, I don't, this is like so accidental pluggy, but today my podcast drops with Shima Oliai, who's the producer of Dolly Parton's America. She gave well, me like so much about what it was like to just like be in the room with her, find her. Samara, I'm just going to call you on any given day. Cry. I'm going to be like, how does this intersect with your life? Because I know it yeah, does somehow. Right. I just can't help it. I can't I've help gotta it. I've got to know your secret. I, I mean, I feel like secret. this is why you had me on the daily zeitgeist, right? I'm like, my finger's on the pulse. We planned it out yes. and we're like, I feel like this will be the day will be the exact convergence <laughs> of everything that's going on. You yes. mentioned Dolly. I didn't, but I'm like, I, know. I, can't not, I can't not point out that like after you listen to this, head on over because. Yeah, because we got yes. something for you. Dolly Parton's America was an amazing podcast series from last year, but the whole point of it is that like everyone loves Dolly. Don't right. fuck with Dolly. Yeah. So like, sorry to this dude. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry to this to everybody. Uh, what do you think is something that is underrated? I'm going to stay on theme and mm -hmm. say um, misting up uh, at democracy. Mm. I got really Being misty. Moved. Like the, enti the entire DNC, even before Michelle, I was like, um, I don't know. I just felt really, it was, you know, I felt hopey changey, guys. Yeah. Oh, wow. I felt a little hopey changey. I haven't felt I mean, that in a long time. No, for sure. For sure. And I'm like, I'm seriously like? grabbing it where I can get it. I'm not saying it's there. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm saying no. it's in me. But what did it's it feel like, yeah. like? Where do you feel like it came from? Like, what moment do you feel like you were like, ooh. You know what? It, I honestly feel like. Eva Longoria? Came, uh, A. Okay, wait. Don't make fun of me. I coached her. Not for this. But I did coach her. <laughs> and I was like, Eva, you're killing it. Everybody. Um, I had no, who came up with Eva for hosting this? That was so, was that not the she's randomest? Been, no, because she's, she's been working it. with the DNC since yeah. like the Obamas. So she's really like, she can't be super hard for Barack. So she made her little foothold, honey, and she's out here. Senator I mean, still, Longoria being pretty like soon. The, the, the host alone on one of those sound stages, that's like a, I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate it. I also worked on a show on her show that she directed and produced a few years ago. So I very much know that she has like a lot of hats. And right. I think of her as like yeah. the actress from Desperate Housewives, but she's actually like a fucking boss. <laughs> so it, nothing surprised me about it, except that I was like, of all the people in the world, I'm so. Like, Did, wow, was, the was, so was the feeling for you is that we're in just like such a dark shitty like negative democracy fucked up period that just the mere glimpse of something that looked that's like right. that's like right. not was, overtly racist leadership right. was like it was oh. literally i'm gonna tell you this it was this like talk about the bar being low it was literally just people being actually honest like saying things that are actually true when that woman yeah. came on and talked about her dad's only pre-existing condition when he died of covid being that he trusted donald trump i was like Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is there's a lot of hot takes. I guess that's the thing where I I get like frustrated is I I want then the follow through, which is like okay, and then when you're in office, like all those sentiments you expressed about like sort of the basic like levels of humanity that we have to extend to every person, can we now articulate that into our laws to make oh, okay. that real, rather than something like we just like it's a thing that like I, I it feels really good because it's 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 a great thing to reach for. But in a way, you're like, we're like reaching for like what's at eye level or yeah. actually lower. Well, also, which is what Michelle talks about. I mean, the yeah. fact that like and honestly, the word decency got used so many times. But it's like a lovely reminder that like humans can be human to each other, which, you know, yeah. I mean, the news makes us feel like that's not possible. So yeah. I was like, yes. I'm here. Yeah. For you. I'm tearing up. What can I say? You know, I'm like, but I kept noticing. I was definitely like, oh, wow. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm really 
really really trying to like I'm trying to be sentimental about this. That sure. gives me hope cuz I think that people where we need to get Democrats at is like look, we both know that on the each side everybody's peddling us some bullshit. Politicians eventually they get too steeped in their own shit. They try to come up and and they're no longer, you know, servants. They're people who are serving themselves. And that happens on both sides of the aisle. Um so you know whether it's Republicans trying to stew up racism to get people energized to vote and you know on Democrats it's like we stew up decency and kindness and love and hearts and then they get in there and they sit on their asses and they don't do what they're supposed to either um then you go to like obamacare and like the republicans like well that's too much like yeah you're right okay so we could dial that back and right what y'all just went in there saying that was a right and now and now it's not yeah yeah, so it's the same thing but right now you know i've been doing a leg 2020 campaign which recently went viral on tiktok uh where (laughs) yes uh wow um i'm not on the ticking and the talking Gen Z loves like 2020, which is, <laughs> I love it so much. Like 2020 in long and short is that Joe Biden once talked about police not shooting people, innocent civilians in the heart, but perhaps shooting them in the leg. And so that's what I look at this election as, is like Trump is a shot to the heart, Biden is a shot to the leg. So it's like 2020, baby. And so yeah. I'm actually excited that, that you got shot. really galvanized by the DNC. I know you said you feel like it's corny, but I think it's amazing because we need people to be excited about voting. Even I if know. it's just you're voting out this crazy person, we have to be excited about doing it. I we know. I know. I fully that's fully it. I mean, I'm excited. I was excited. Like, yes. I mean, I think I was feeling like they were talking to Americans, not just to me. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I want other people to obviously be excited as well. And the other thing that they kept, they like quite a lot of of the speakers, uh, including a lot of the people who ran against him uh, for, you know, the Democratic uh, nomination and didn't get it. Um, to this really moving video about all the ways that he would like in between the commercial breaks when they were all fighting with each other would like come over and say things like your idea was really good. Because he, he, he already Cor- won. He said that to Cory Booker and Cory Booker cried and then I cried and I was like, fuck. <laughs> um, but here's but, but what I really mean is, look, I am so on the same page with you with with Joe Biden. He is a problematic and b not exciting. But I think he's a good listener. And I think that that's actually like so underrated right now. The fact that that he would collaborate, I'm like, uh, collaboration 2020, like, sign me the fuck up. Just, yeah, just, just please end the nightmare 2020, please. And then give us a moment to inhale so then we can exhale fully and then do really roll up our sleeves and start really taking up for like working people, poor people and other marginalized people. Because it's interesting, like for a lot of the things that the people that are going to be talking at the convention, the amount of people that you want to speak directly to like the ideas of poverty and things like that in this country just aren't really there like i know there are a lot of like well-meaning people but we also need to elevate like the voices in the leadership roles or people who are making strides to make that like a real thing versus having john Kasich and being like hey man like maybe some we can get some republicans to see the light it's like talk to like actually disenfranchised people who like who need to be connected with their power and understand how they can also participate and we can all take this up together but that is a whole long other podcast that i have not made yet uh but maybe i will soon um moving on to the next one finally what is your myth samara what is something that people think is true that you know to be false i mean i'm always here to talk about vocal fry mm. Ooh, vocal fry and upspeak, y'all what's the um, myth I mean, the myth is that when you speak with vocal fry or with upspeak, they are different from each other. So I don't want to put them in the same exact category, though I'm happy to talk about more. But you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. But the myth is that uh, when you speak with vocal fry or upspeak, 
uh, you undermine yourself. No one will ever take you seriously, quote unquote. So mm. many people have told this to me. And so many, I mean, as a coach, as well as as a, you know, podcast host, like this is this thing that my my guests who are often, you know, experts in their field or whatever, big like public figures will tell me in the break. And I'm like, wait, can we, I'm sorry, can we do this on air? Because we do, everyone needs to hear that right. as you're coming up, like well-meaning straight white men were taking you aside and saying, honey, <laughs> you're never going to get taken seriously if you use upspeak. You're making all of your sentences sound like questions. Oh. And uh, the reality yeah. is, you know, there's two realities. The reality is there's two realities. One is uh, we definitely can like add more tools to our toolbox. We can notice what our habits are and, and you know, different things work in different rooms if you're trying to like be heard by the old guard. And the other reality is like we're changing the fucking world. Get out of our way. And if we use vocal fry and upspeak or fill in the blank anything that is a marker of your, you know, your age, your race, your gender, your nationality, your group, your tribe, mm -hmm. like that's a that's us. That's us showing us. Right. So hi, welcome to us. Does so basically, the, yeah. So fuck the speech police. Does Barack Obama um, use upspeak? It's a great question. I think there's two different versions of upspeak. So one of them is where you sort of habitually, accidentally end all of your thoughts with a question. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. like that is a habit. It's a habit we pick up from our friends. It is not something to demonize. It's just something to notice and be like, do I do this all the time? Right? And you can make a recording and listen back and be like, does it bother me? If it doesn't bother me, fine. The Honestly, Gen Z coming up, it feels so normal to them that they hear that and think leadership. Right. So they just want to like... Put a pin in that, right? Wow. Um, and then the other way, right? Same thing with vocal fry. Like, this is that sort of generational thing where the older people look at the younger people and say they're ruining the English language. Yeah. And I just kind of want to be like, hey, hold on. What's up? It's like you the know? linguistic what equivalent tell, what of your like- your parents tell you? Yeah. That vocal wants to talk equivalent. like we're in the pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What were you going to say, Miles? No, it's like the vocal <laughs> equivalent, like, pull your pants up. Yeah, exactly. Why are your pants 100%. Also? Like, 100%. And no one remembers that they're, that the older generation was telling them, you know, that like right. the word copacetic was going to ruin the world or what, I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Wait, other part of vocal what, fry, though, or sorry, the uh -huh. other part of vocal oh, okay. speak for, for Lacey's amazing question is that actually I just did an example of it. If we have a long thought, we like I just did long thought. We do an upspeak in the middle to to show it's not the end of our thought yet, and then maybe we go down at the end. Mm. So we're using we we you know native English speakers are using pitch all the time to to show like I'm in this part of the thought I have a little bit more to go. Oh my god, I have a little parenthetical over here. Then I'm going to come back to where I was. Sure, that's we do that when we're feeling comfortable. By the way, we get super monotone when we're not comfortable, and we start like losing our audience because they aren't getting those markers that they need of like where are you in the thought. So Barack Obama does a lot of upspeak, but it's in the middle to be like, so this thing's happening, and now I'm going to settle it. Yes. Oh, bump set spike with the right? vocal Right, which is a little different than I'm setting it up, and now I'm going to settle it. Uh -huh. which you're like, right, that is different. But yeah. is it set? I mean, it leaves people feeling like, is it done or isn't it, which is part of why, you know, whatever. Well-meaning right. straight white matter. Like Any tips for Donald Trump in his speech? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, his tip. His tip is continue <laughs> to like speak and and like hang himself. You know, with his own words. Like oh, whatever, boy. dude. He I mean, who mind. knows how effective those that will even be? But we'll get into that uh, after we take this quick break, and we'll be right back. Uh -huh. 
And we're back. And to all this convention talk, I uh, just want to take a moment to spotlight some of the thinkers, uh, some of the luminaries from the right that will be speaking at the Republican convention um, because it's truly, uh, truly an impressive uh, roster they've put together. Um, since it is the racist uh, fourth quarter uh, and it's time to, to just bring out all the all the tools to try and win this game. Uh, it turns out that actually the the roster of speakers looks more like it's just stacked with culture war icons and people that symbolize the violent rejection of our pleas for equality. So uh, the, the one of the first people we caught wind of that is going to be speaking at the convention is the MAGA teen himself, Nicholas Sandman, who was the boy who wore the uh, MAGA hat and then was in a face-to-face confrontation with a tribal elder no. uh, and then sued CNN and the Washington Post, who he that just settled dude? his multi-million dollar <gasps> lawsuits with. I don't know how much, how kicked he up this won? kid is now. He settled. C- CNN settled his $275 million case. The Washington Post settled his $250 million case. We don't know what the settlement was for, but they settled. Um, so... I don't know exactly what he is going to bring to this presidential convention, um, but maybe he will talk about how hard it is to go to private school and then maybe scare the rest of America being like, well, you know, Kamala Harris will make everyone start using S-curl in on their hair in this country uh, and texturizer if she is in the White House. I don't Everyone's know exactly what. Perm 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is getting it's like, and if your baby hairs aren't laid, <laughs> you will go to jail. Uh, so the other thing, I, I I really don't know what it what the point is of him. Um, but I think it's really just this whole thing of like you you put a kid up like that who they're like they completely got him wrong because the the full context of the video, granted, like shows a little bit more than like what was sort of cropped out. But the fact is, they're gonna just prop him up there to be like, you see, liberals hate our great nation. Uh, and they hate everything about America. Uh, and I think that's the sort of the, the you know, role he will serve. Can we, when was that video? Because in my mind, it was like seven years ago already. Yeah, the magazine, I, I, it, honestly, it was probably last summer. I mean, <clears throat> in addition to all of the other uh, larger atrocities, I also would like to say relevance. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, so we have him going. Uh, I just want to say quickly, mm -hmm. we made him famous. Liberals made him famous. Yeah. Um, And it's our fault. You guys, we have to stop trying to freaking we talked about this on this podcast before. Stop trying to dunk on Republicans and, and, you know, races because you're giving them money. We just gave this boy millions of dollars and he's a piece of shit. And it's our fault. Stop retweeting this stuff so that you can (laughs) dunk on somebody. You're making them rich. So how do you, how would you, what would you do? Nick, the magazine shows up. You just, it's, it's about like, what you're saying is to resist that temptation to just sort of have like the ego stacking of being like, well, if he's down here racist, then I'm going to be up here for having a take on his racism. Because what good does it do? Racists aren't reading, um, you know, white fragility. They don't give a fuck about being better. So you're not teaching anybody anything. If you're at the actual protest and you want to come up to the little boy and, I don't know, give him a shaking, then absolutely. (laughs) But if you're on Twitter, all you're doing is trying to get likes and retweets. And guess what? You're getting him likes and retweets, too. And now you just got the little boy paid. We all have to stop. That other blonde woman, all them blonde women who say stupid stuff, that black lady with her dry ass hair. We got to stop talking about her. We have to stop. Yes, we have to stop empowering them. You know, she is a... (laughs) 
<laughs> she's got more fire patrol. She should have more fire patrol than like California. Like in our brush fires, her hair is drier than the brush, honey. It can go up in flames at any moment. Ass. See, I'm doing well, it right now. We have to stop. <laughs> see, but that's what I'm saying. To your point, though, can you do it? Because I'm, and I'm not trying to put you out there, but I have a feeling if you saw some shit you knew you could have a funny take on, you would be tweeting that shit too. I really don't do it when it comes to white racists. I stopped doing it a long time ago. You'll never see me retweeting them. I think I have dragged uh, Miss Dry Hair uh, once uh -huh. or twice. Um, and Terry Crews, obviously, because he can't oh. just sit there and eat his steroids. He always got to be talking. But even that, I'm trying to limit it. I see. I see. Well, yeah. Whenever. Well, the thing is, like, to your point is the outrage makes these people culture war figures on the right that then they can then all rally around. Because that brings us to the next duo of speakers. Hey, hold, oh, no. hold on. Hold on to your butts and your trigger locks no. because oh God, the convent people right. at the convention will also get the opportunity to have the shook white couple from St. Louis that pulled guns on protesters that had mustard stains all over their shit. Uh, they will have a chance to get their takes off as well. And I, you know, these people caught fucking felony charges for like waving guns at people uh, for no reason. And again, because everyone is sort of like, you got to have these culture war people because I think the, the sort of, the elegance, if you even want to call it, and what the RNC is doing is they want to put in analogs for the average American person to be like, I could have been Nicholas Sandman. You know, like my son could have been Nicholas Sandman. My parents could have been these people who pulled gun brandished weapons to like motivate them more to sort of feel like these are the stakes because of the libs or Black Lives Matter or whatever boogeyman thing they're using to, you know, maintain white supremacy. So, so it's, it's just viral racist. Where are they now? Like, then what next? We get Amy Cooper's dog. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the dog is leading, like, the happiest life ever back at the uh, bound. It's doing, oh, like, a nice new family. What? Yeah. She got that dog back, like, a week later. Oh. What? Oh, y'all didn't know that? Amy Cooper got the dog back. What, did she threaten to sue or something? I don't know what That's happened, but what they gave doing. her the dog oh, back, child. Because I was watching, and I was pissed. But they gave her that dog back, so I think the dog could show up at the RNC as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, backyard barbecue Becky. Oh uh, yes! Like all the all the early uh, viral racist people. So you have barbecue Becky, uh, the other woman who's like, "Do you live here?" With oh your yes, Black Lives I Matter need a Karen thing. mascot. Someone needs to be yeah. dressed up as Karen, yeah. leading the Karen. Oh yeah, like, like a kick like, line. There could be a kick like line. Like Millie rocking on the stage <laughs> and shit. They're like, "Oh, we got the Karen mascot." Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> In them folks and shit. I could see that happening. I mean, it's it's all just. It's just sloppy and it shows you, you know, and I think this is a good time to just pivot to what was going on with the DNC and Michelle Obama's speech, which for about 15 minutes, uh, 17 or so minutes gave a really like, you know, to your point, Samara, like <laughs> she comes out, she's like, I hate politics. OK, like I just you know? so, but every now and then I have to come out and just speak to everybody because I'm seeing things that I don't like. And here we go. Um, It was really something else. It was really just awesome. Like, y'all. The fuck is going on right now? Like when Barack and I left, like shit was okay. And then now this, and you're fucking around with the idea of having another four years. Oh, no, no, no. This is all kinds of bad. Please wake up. They are trying to steal this election. So if that means you have to pack a breakfast, lunch, and dinner in a paper bag to stand in line for hours, then you might have to do that because this they are not playing on the right. Like they are actively trying to steal the election. And I think that was a very poignant, like, the way she expressed that uh, was, I think, a good thing for many people to hear, that it's not just about, like, you have to vote. 
they're on t- there's an added layer on top of this election where seemingly based on intelligence reports you have cooperation and interaction with russian misinformation and the president talking about it senators retweeting it uh the tampering of the postal service this is not a fucking game uh and i really appreciated that and then just like the other stuff was also bummed me out so bad because a lot of the pleas she was making to like the country was essentially just a return to the bare minimum of how to treat human beings. And it 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 was like bittersweet in that like it's moving to hear that and then to really realize that we're speaking from a place where we're absolutely failing to do that as a nation, to take care of each other, to actually have the overarching sentiment within Americans to be, if someone is not doing well and I'm seeing that and there's a way for me to help, like let's try and figure out a way to help because there's plenty of money within these within these borders to do it um it's about changing things internally now i don't know i i don't know how much i can count on either established party to sort of upend those dynamics that would put people over shareholder value and profits um but i think it's a thing that people need to start putting in their minds to at least begin letting go of a binary of like republican and democrat and more of just like can we all adopt a feeling that there's a base level of fairness and equality and that just strive for something like that but I'm love to hear everybody else's thoughts on her. I think I'm just in the mindset of like what you said. It's like greatly disappointed that we're like, okay, y'all. So uh, what we want is y'all stop killing each other. And um, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Be kind. Stop running each over each other over with cars. Cops. Maybe stop murdering everybody. Like, like we're yeah. asking for so little that it's like deeply disappointing. But I think that everyone needs to look at voting like your act of protest. It's not yeah, about too. getting rock hard for a candidate this time around. It's literally <laughs> getting that WAP going. <laughs> getting that WAP. Look, you're not gonna have no WAP when you go to the polls. Okay. Leg 2020. Yeah. <laughs> when you take leg 2020 to the polls, your pussy gonna be dry, and that's okay. <laughs> and that is okay. <laughs> Just don't put the biggest Mac into your garage. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> But you know, it is an act of protest. And it's crazy how much, you know, Donald Trump has really warped the minds of people, even when it comes to the USPS, of him saying, like, oh, it's lost $8 billion. It's a service, bruh. Are we saying the military has lost $700 billion as of 2019? No. No. We don't even uh, know what the military does on a day to day basis. Nobody gives you, at least I know when my mail gets somewhere that the mail came. Nobody's telling me what the fuck the, the, the military is doing overseas. Nobody's like, here's y'all military It's like, update. I never thought of this. The military yeah. is like business to business. Like there's no customers. So we're not, we're not, we have no idea. No. What are you guys and doing? No. Right. How do we, and you know, proof, oversight? How do we know that they're doing a good job? We've had wars oh, that have you know decades. How you tell? Like what's, I'm You know how well satisfied. they did. Look, look at how destabilized the entire mili- the Middle East is. That's how that, that's how you saw okay. the job the military did. There's your receipts right there, and now, it's absolute death and destruction. Customer. Absolutely nothing. It's micro militarism. These campaigns of like conquest that make no sense for the United States government that are just like and a also way to trying be, to like, out, outsource or um, uh, whatever the word is export uh, democracy when clearly like um, w- no, we're not doing oil. so great at it uh, at yeah. home. We don't even it's, have it. I, that's what we learned over the past three and a half years is that we never had democracy. We never had it. And it's a shame because the post office, like the mail carrier that I grew up with is probably the mo- the most familiar representative of the government to me of like of some Ooh. kind of federal anything. Oh, I can't wow. I don't have yeah, no relationship with politicians aside from maybe working ones when I was working in politics. But like 
someone who like I care about. I've never cared about like my neighborhood watch police officer who like when I became a teenager started treating me differently because I was like no longer like cute, like blazing kid. But like, what, what's going on? Like, it's I, I, I the only relationship I have is like with my mail carrier. She's like been there. Like she brought me my college rejection letters and shit, <laughs> you know, and she was like, hey, the she's memories. Like, yeah, she's like, I'm not gonna lie, bro. These ones are light. <laughs> like ah damn all right well i guess i'll figure it out later or like you know waiting for packages and shit that i was like oh these sneakers or fucking whatever the fuck it was like i give a fuck about her it's interesting to think that for most people your mail carrier that like if you lived in one place for long enough you probably do at the very least someone you said hi to uh and it's like you you know maybe gave them a christmas card hopefully you do because they deserve it but like that's it's it's I feel like it's just going to be a really interesting relationship to try and break Americans up with because I, I just know personally, like I feel very like about this as a very narrow service of the United States government. Like I have a relationship to it and the people that work there. I will say this about the post office because I was reading a thread about on Twitter about like why the post office is important. And obviously Twitter is not necessarily always the re most reliable source for information. But there was a guy who worked at a funeral home there. And I did some research into this. I think it's true. But he was saying that USPS is the only way to send people ashes of their loved ones if they're far away. And so he was oh, like, wow. if we don't have this, then I'm not going to be able to mail people their loved ones if they're not close enough to like pick them up. Which I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize. Wow. It's so, a, yeah, cursory searches do reveal that. Yeah. And especially uh, right now, man. Oof. I think there's some new news from this morning that um, DeJoy, I cannot believe that's his name, yes? DeJoy. Yeah, Louis DeJoy. Um, is, is, is changing his tack. Um, he, he definitely yes. said Do we uh, with the words, that? I don't because it's like one of those things where you trust, but you have to verify the fuck out of that shit. Because when you look at the amount of machinery and equipment and the ability to do overtime to sort the mail has been taken away. And I know he's saying, like, obviously, the most important thing is that we will deliver that. And the part the Postal Service plays in this election is major and we will not mess around with that. That is a good talking point. But until, yeah. like, we hear less reports and, you know, the cries of help from the actual postal workers who are saying, like, our the the morale is so low like mm -hmm. the one thing we that like we pride ourselves in as this organization is that like when the mail comes in we process it and it's like we get it done and we just do it because we love the job there are people who have to wake up like just after one o'clock to open their local post office and like be help begin get the machinery going to keep the the mail flowing uh so yes i like it's a good soundbite but i think all too often we are soothed by the the soundbite and we're not we don't actually get the real remedy coming through. So right. uh, and I just looked I that, that up. Yeah. It is true that the USPS is the only way to send those things. Legally. Legally. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> I just want oh, that's why I just put that caveat out there because there is a way to get it done. You know, uh, <laughs> Miles, what are you up to? <laughs> I mean, yeah, put in, what's your put in, ash experience? Although what you do is you pack it up in some cellophane, get that shit brick packed, and then put some Vaseline on the outside, then another layer of cellophane, duct no. tape, <laughs> then some nutmeg, uh, just throw the smelling, the sniffing dogs off. Uh, and wow. Then, uh, you know, put that shit in a hollow, uh, hollow body guitar. Send that shit across the US. <laughs> and you've got your dog's ashes. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Back to the point about uh, Michelle Obama. So Chris Wallace was even like, he was act on Fox News was even like, that was a heck of a contribution. 
<laughs> he was like, she really flayed. This is a quote. She really flayed, sliced and diced Donald Trump. Oh Talking God. about the chaos and confusion and lack of empathy, especially coming from this president and this White House, spoke more about the deficits of Donald Trump than the pluses of Joe Biden, but did talk about especially, not so much policies, but especially his empathy and what he has been through and his care for average Americans. The speech was very effective. Um, that did not, you know, again, uh, Donald Trump was upset, uh, not only, I'm sure, by the comments coming from Fox News, but because uh, a black woman was saying things out loud that weren't. Donald Trump is my president, y'all. Please subscribe to Diamond and Milk or Silk or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, it, this was So everything is seen as an attack. And so he whined on Twitter. He's like, the Obama administration, they were so corrupt. And uh, look what happened. They gave, like, he, he sort of, like, essentially says, you can thank Obama for me happening because he was basically implying that if Obama and Biden hadn't mishandled the country so much, he wouldn't have had to take over. It was very confusing. Uh, but surprisingly, he didn't go too much like directly at Michelle Obama, although there are disgustingly many of his followers have on social media saying like do, using all kinds of disgusting nicknames and racist shit. So it's America, y'all. And it's an election year. Um, God, I came in so hopeful to this conversation. Well, you know, there's still hope. You know, I think, again... <clears throat> Miles Buzzkill Gray. Well, you know, I, I have to... Pardon me also, like, I can't... I think because working in politics, I've become so cynical of sort of like saying the good thing at the right time. And then when it comes down to like throw down, we're just not able to do it um, no, for at? whatever I reason. I mean, but the, uh, and the other and, and like unrelated, but related. The other part of it is that um, I feel like what happens with social media, what happens with stuff like the responses to Michelle Obama is that like the um, awful humans in our country are louder but that doesn't mean there's more and we don't know. No, I we don't I, I, know the numbers. And so we just are like, it's like psychological to just like get overwhelmed by like, Oh, well, so apparently like 90% of Americans are like the worst fucking humans and I might as well leave. Oh uh, yeah. And I, I just, think... and I'm always like, but maybe, I mean, I don't think that's true actually. And I think that's part of what, like what the 18 minutes of Michelle was, was us just like getting to sit and remembering the feeling that, uh, there may be absolutely atrocious racist humans in our country, maybe, <laughs> quote unquote, maybe, is. Many uh, are. And, and, and that they're just loud. They're not the majority. They're just fucking loud. Yeah, and I think it's it's time for anyone of good conscience to to be just as loud with how they vote. And also, if you're in the state of California, uh, vote no on Prop 22. Uh, that's the one that the ride sharing companies are trying to mm -hmm. uh, keep everybody as independent contractors while saying like, no, they love it. Uh, they don't. Um, okay, I do. We do need to touch on this next story because it's very important. WAP. Okay, uh, we saw Ben Shapiro try to take shots uh, in all the pearl clutching that was going on from the conservative media sphere. Uh, and also, yeah, like Ben Shapiro realizing that maybe his wife may not know the feeling of sexual gratification. Um, Cardi and Megan have shown that they cannot fall. They do not fall. They only make hits. They cannot miss. Uh, the whole thing got completely blown out of proportion because they couldn't wrap their minds about the just owning their sexuality and being like, yeah, this is this is what time it is. Um, the Billboard charts show that this song wasn't just like some flash in the pan hit. Like it's it's a fucking hit. Uh, it is it debuted on at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with 93 million U.S. streams in one week. 
That's the most ever. That beats Ariana Grande's seven rings, which was finger barbecue. I don't know if you remember her tattoo she got. Oh, yes. Uh, that's that finger, finger barbecue. barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that one only did 85.3 in the first week. So this is, uh, you know. This is it, what I'm it, saying it, about the numbers, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah. I, mean, I, I just... showed it to my dad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I showed him the music video and he had already heard the explicit song and he was just like, y- 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 y'all can put this on TV. Y'all can just, mm-hmm. y'all can put this on TV. I was like, yeah, dad, censorship has changed. And he was like, like, okay, this. all right. Because I mean, I'm the video is pretty explicit considering, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, but it's like absurdist. Like it's, yeah. it's like absurdly explicit. Like it's playful. It's not like, old, you know, it's not like a two live crew video that like right. came on Those like a, were... a VHS tape that like someone got BET at like a free uncut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not um, uncut. But it's it's interesting because we talked earlier there, about sexy. us lifting up conservatives when we retweet and dunk on them, but also conservatives just uplifted WAP when they the made thing. their videos. Right. <laughs> it works both ways. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh's like, stop talking about their WAPs and their raps, or else you they are beating Ariana Grande on the charts. That is a problem. I don't know. I prefer songs where men talking about cunnilingus. Uh, that is my preferred type of song. 112, Peaches and Cream. Uh, love that song. Uh, Novel, if you remember, Peach. I could eat a peach for hours. That was another great track from the early 2000s. I mean, I, it's it's interesting to see the, the pendulum swing back and forth. But truly, I think, was the most upsetting thing for a lot of conservatives. Like, how could they advocate for their own sexual gratification? Like, what, what do they mean? What is this? What would it be like to live in a world? Yeah, Ooh, that was like wait, hold on, not surprising. Women, they're gonna tell me my pullout game week, my dick week. <laughs> oh gonna... no, 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 no. <laughs> Women wanna enjoy sex. No, oh, that's why you want to be virgins, so they've never had it before, and they don't have no right. idea. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other good? So I think the only I, the good hits about men going down are peach. I think I can only think of peaches and cream, and. That other song, Peach by Novel, Novel, whatever, mm. however you said his name. Yeah, because then I'm only thinking of women. Like Kia had Kia, My Neck, yeah, My, my Bag. Neck, my back. Yep. Trina's had some some salacious hits about mm-hmm. the you know now some some. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't think home, of yep. any men. Yeah, men get. I mean, obviously we know DJ Khaled doesn't go down. He's professed that <laughs> online. <laughs> we you think the DJ worst. Khaled was like like funding these like hey. Get, don't 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 make that thing cool yet, man. Cause I'm the man, I'm the king, you know. So I, the way I honor my wife is saying, "How do you like your food? How do you like the house that you live in?" You're like DJ Khaled, please, mm-hmm. sir, figure it out. All right, well, let's take another quick break, and then we'll get back to talking Ellen and pumpkin spice everything. And we're back. And the investigation into workplace abuse that was going on at the Ellen show has began to trigger some firings uh, based on like that BuzzFeed and Variety articles that had come out in the last couple months. Uh, Three senior producers uh, have been ousted from the show. Uh, And this was like a lot of the if you read that BuzzFeed article was alleging all a lot of dark abusive shit that was going on uh with these like some one producer was grooming another staff member and then eventually uh, you know forced himself on them or attempted to so these are the things that a lot of people are saying like just on top of what it's like to work for ellen the whole 
thing is just a mess. And apparently, Ellen addressed the 200 staffers of the show uh, on Monday to sort of discuss what was going on. This is in Variety. They say, quote, according to according to multiple sources, DeGeneres told the staff that she was, quote, not perfect and realized that in the effort for the show to run as a, quote, well-oiled machine, sometimes leaders were not as sensitive to, quote, human beings uh, as they should have been. She added that reading disturbing allegations about the atmosphere on the show was, quote, heartbreaking. I, I want to quote, remember the Titans. Attitude <laughs> reflect leadership. Wow. <laughs> Capping. <laughs> wow, you really want to. <laughs> so, so it's a deep cut for you guys if you remember, remember the Titans, but... Listen, I don't want Ellen to murder me, so I can't say too much because I know some horrible stories, honey. Um, I know many that are very wild. I'll tell y'all when we off the air some of them if I haven't already. But you may um, need a voice altered, and it'll be like a Netflix special, like the drug trade. It'll right. be like Ellen confessions, like I was a PA in uh, 2003. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I need the voice alter. I need my name not to be on it. Um, oh. But we knew that this was going to happen because previously some of her producers had come out as soon as rumors started to swirl, as soon as these articles first dropped and they were like listen anything that happens at the ellen show is my responsibility and all oh, my fault like they came out right. immediately like we're gonna fall on the sword you know i'm gonna put on my best gown to just do a death drop onto the sword so we knew like <laughs> onto the sword like we knew get, the girls get, get, get down ew, we knew the girls were gonna fall on the sword for ellen my favorite thing is all the people coming out to support ellen in these ways that almost seem like i'm like blink twice if you like need help like jay leno was like ellen is a wonderful human being she donated 125 million dollars to charity she is my right. friend i love her and it was like who right. jay who wrote this <laughs> right she, this is not she's also people... pouring gasoline on my car collection and threatening to strike a match <laughs> Uh, but I love her. Yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. I think this is part of, uh, you know, I think as we move into this new era between the Me Too movement and the BLM uprisings and things like that, people are just less about just sort of cowering in awkwardness in the face of just vile shit. Um, and I'm hoping that this trend continues where not only you advocate for yourself, but people are advocating for others and their workplaces or their life situations because... I was saying this yesterday, just kind of about like how the office sort of encapsulates this mentality of sort of like, man, remember when people say awful shit and all you could do was just be like, ooh, yep. and not just be like, yo, shut the fuck up, Michael. You want let's go outside, motherfucker. Before you can. like, that's the kind of energetic switch. Not that you're becoming violent, but very much stopping any kind of abuse or mistreatment and dead in its tracks because that's again the bare minimum we can do to try and create an equitable tomorrow that we can right. all get pumped up about and now, i know that a lot of white people are very shocked that this is happening they're like well, why is everybody getting mad now and it was like well we didn't get mad before because we were mad but we just went home and screamed into our pillows at night because yeah. we needed to pay rent so right exactly <laughs> so yeah, now and there's like an rocking the boat was an existential threat, and now it's no longer rocking the boat. It's like I'll bur I'll f I will capsize this motherfucker right. if we don't get this shit right. I don't give a fuck because <laughs> I'm tired of being on this motherfucking slave ship. Okay, now let's move on to pumpkin spice lattes because mm. we need a bit of respite, respite, however you want to say that, uh, from all of this chaos. Um, last year there was like seismic shifts because pumpkin spice lattes were coming out a little bit sooner than normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, in August, and we're like, isn't this a fall drink? Duncan controversially uh, did it in August, and people were like losing their their heads over it. This time, they're saying, you know what? We're going two days sooner than last year to August nineteenth. 
we're turning this thing all the way fucking up. So actually today, uh, you can begin getting your pumpkin spice lattes from Dunkin'. So the this is also coinciding with Starbucks also being like, well, fuck, if, if everyone's jumping on that train, maybe we do need to shift everything up. And when you look at like Starbucks specifically, their revenue fell by like 38%. Wow. Because that coffee commute is over. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's different now. Like it was almost just like a, it was like a cigarette break for people to be like, yo, you want to get a coffee or something like that? You want to go down really quick? And even though you don't like coffee, just gave you a thing to do or like a cheap thing to buy so you could like scratch your consumer itch. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that was like kind of the genius of Starbucks is like, hey, everybody can buy this little cup and walk around with it. And it's only like a dollar or whatever. So they have taken a huge hit to their uh, revenues. And, you know, I think it, Everything makes sense because this it's a huge, huge draw. Like in apparently in 2015, there are reports that like the pumpkin spice just industry was worth a half billion dollars just in 2015. Like if you were in the pumpkin spice game, that was a half billion like industry. If you were slaying that spice, listen, that spice is everything. Mm -hmm. You, I, I know we all say it's a basic bitch treat or whatever, but when you get a pumpkin spice latte, I swear, like Uggs just appear on your feet. No, <laughs> but I was gonna say, I mean, like it's magic. like a hundred degrees today. You know, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, whatever. Who cares about the season? But like, I truly don't actually feel excited about pumpkin spice when I'm like, I feel like I have an Ugg around my entire body. But Zamar, yeah, you in I, your house. It can be whatever temperature you want in your house. You get you a hot pumpkin spice. You turn the air <laughs> down to 65 degrees. You put on your Uggs. <laughs> yeah, and then pay your $400 energy I bill. Mean, what I just uh, realized bill. is that I also, I have a five-year-old, so I'm like always trying to get out of the house with him because like it's way more interesting than just staying in the house with yeah. him. And we're like five and a half months into this thing. So uh, it's true that now I'm realizing that my pumpkin spice like aversion may be due to the mistake of having a child. I'm so sorry. Right. I'm so sorry. I, I take back all of my, all of my No, that's amazing because I'm sure the parents out there are like, you know, when we plan this, <laughs> we didn't know right. we was going to be in the no, house for six months with this little For reals. For reals. When we all win the reality of what the pandemic entailed, plus like obviously not being able to go back to school, to the kids going back to their school, I mean, I, I feel like all of my mom friends were like, uh... Didn't calculate uh, for that. Yeah. Right. Um, back up, well, back up, back up. Back but up. worry not. If if it's too hot for coffee and you don't want to go to Starbucks, there are even seltzers, alcoholic seltzers, mm. Vive or Vive. Uh, there in September 20th, they are coming with the pumpkin spice hard seltzer. There was like a joke last year, I remember, where like it was like a meme where, well, there was like a white claw. That was like pumpkin spice because like it was sort of that wave of where what the white claw wave was like yo white claw and they're like pumpkin spice that was fake but apparently vive vive however if you want to respect the French language uh, joie de vivre you you, uh, you can have this uh, whole thing as well so oh my I don't... god I I can't wait to get pumpkin spice seltzer I cannot yeah. wait I'm I'm ready I'm ready to do it just drink anything I love the idea that they saw the meme last year and they were like. Wait, but what if we just like, <laughs> yeah. did it? it? It might just work, it though. Might just work. <laughs> I need just this. Wacky enough. Yeah, well, September 2020, you know, we could have a. At vibe. least they're waiting till a respectable fall date. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. They're not so <laughs> eager to just start profiting off of our nostalgia, uh, which is actually one of the reasons what, you know, a lot of like sort of experts and consumer sort of pattern analysts are kind of saying is like, 
we kind of really need this right now because of the pandemic. The like, you know, if we like it or not, pumpkin spice season is like a marker of time in like culturally, depending on how engaged you are with this kind of nonsense. But like it does be like, oh, right. Pumpkin spice time, even though I've been in my home and months are blur- like blending together. They're saying like this is actually gives people a little bit of structure by doing this. Not that I think these companies are thinking about it like that sort of overtly, but like there is this like we just do have a need to have these sort of markers of time passing uh, given the pandemic. And also that the we have like this a lot of people are just regressing or turning to nostalgia to cope with their anxiety at the moment. Like it's just a very natural response um, because even if we realize it or not, it just helps like by reengaging with sort of nostalgic things gives us a little bit of stability or a, it takes the chaos down a little bit more. And that has truly like, you know, that's another reason where we're almost all of these things are, I think, kind of swirling together. So it could be a big PSL season. Uh, we don't know. But I, I definitely agree with like the nostalgia thing, because I find myself like being like I'm only watching things from like the 20th century. Like, yeah. I want to go, I need to go back. And- <laughs> I watch mind-numbing stuff, for sure. But also, like, I've taken up rollerblading. Now, every Tuesday, I go rollerblading with the skate gang, and we go out to the park. I'm going to go. You're rollerblading? Yeah, rollerblading, but only on flat surfaces, because the first time sure. I rollerbladed, guys, I crashed into a car, slid underneath it, set off the car alarm in front of all these people, and I was like, it's it's cool. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. There's a lot of secret hills in L.A. that people don't know about called Every Street. <laughs> Every yeah, street like, where'd that hill. hill come from? <laughs> like, I got out of my apartment and I was rolling, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I didn't start rolling. Who's rolling?" Right. And I was like, <laughs> ah! But now I so roll like, blade on flat ground at the park. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. Well, look at you. I gotta, yeah. I, mean, I gotta find my old rollerblades. Rock is it out. Is this a group grind. activity? Yes. Mm. This sounds delightful. Yes. Wait, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you. Yeah, you know, because Ciclavia is so like 2012. You know what I mean? People on bikes. Like, I think we need the bladers. Or Cyclavia? I have never heard that said out loud. Cyclavia sounds better than Ciclavia. I like like Ciclavia. I'm sorry. Because of your vibe, Vive, I just had to be like, I don't know. I defer to you. I always, I'll always give the bougie pronunciation. Ciclavia. Yeah, exactly. Uh, later That's on, I would be going to Popeye's Chicago for a <laughs> sandwich uh, because I love it. But yeah, I think I don't know what what have y'all been doing nostalgia wise? Nostalgia because I know based on your tweets, uh, Lacey, we're both obviously watching Sun Sunset. That's mm-hmm. done and dusted, but and that's too current. But what is what are some nostalgia things that you all are engaging in? I this is all way literal. Um, I just spent two weeks at my parents' house. Um, oh wow. I know. It's sort of not the house I grew up in, so it didn't really okay. like give me those vibes. Um, but definitely did not expect to stay that long. It's driving distance from LA, um, in Northern California, like six hours. And uh my kid and I just we got negative COVID tests and we're like, all right, we're gonna do this. Yeah. We hit the road that day and the day that we like got the text. And um I mean, I I, I like didn't know how much clothes to bring up. I've never like taken right. a, a trip where I didn't sort of have an end date, but it did feel ca- like I was being um uh cooked a for. kid again. Yeah, right. And you're like your yeah. laundry, you're like, they're like, Samara, pick up your underwear off the a floor little bit. And put and in I the was hamper. Like, oh my god, this is so charming. <laughs> right. You're like, actually, you're my mom now, so I don't care. <laughs> what about um, you, Lacey? 
Honestly, I, I could say the same thing. I just got back from being home. I went home, too. Well, I went mm-hmm. kind of, like, on my own mini eat, pray, love, like, eat, pray, hope. So I went, <laughs> I went to D.C., I went to Jersey, New York, and then I went to Texas. And I know what you're thinking, this is like a COVID tour, but I did it the most safe way. I'm COVID negative. Um, you flew on a private jet? You, I, I was going to say, yeah. Which is, <laughs> listen, I know it's bad for the environment, but that's my reparations. If I don't get 40 acres in a mule, I get to travel on a private jet everywhere that I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, no. But on I a just, credit card I found at a DGA meeting. Right. <laughs> I, I will say, FYI, guys, like Delta is doing a really good job of social distancing. If you want to take a flight with them, Delta's Amer- the one I heard about. Yes, it's really doing good stuff. American Airlines is like, get on this bus, you raggedy bitch, yeah. and sit on, <laughs> sit on top of your neighbor and breathe in each other's mouths. Oh, so, shit. so fly with Delta. Because we're if you American. Can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're doing oh it the American God. way. They're gonna be at the RNC too, guys. <laughs> exactly right. They're like, yeah, on United, we about to unite these germs, which all y'all. So right. uh, good luck on here. Now they do. American does have their little speech that they do beforehand. That's like, you have to wear. A mask. I'm not interested in that. Don't cape for these airlines. Tell me about your trip home. <laughs> Wait, but did you use multiple airlines on this trip? So you're this is this is you like giving us. You the, better not, because yeah. you better rack that mileage up on one carrier, or else I'm, you're I'm, why are you spreading I think it I'm out. I'm committing to Delta now, but. But I was, it's yeah, I did pandemic. have to do. Let her do whatever <laughs> to get you. across the country. Because I didn't buy Ugh. return flights. Like you were saying, Samara, I just like bought a return flight when I felt like leaving. Because they're not spiking like they normally do. So it would be like, I would oh, be somewhere and I'd be like, I've had enough. That's like an Uber almost. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, you can pull up to the airport. Like, when's the next one going to LA? They're like, I mean, we could probably get you. When you want to leave. That is nostalgic. That sounds very 1950s. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? get myself an airplane flight today. At the airport, yeah. <laughs> one ticket airport. to New York, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely felt like that. I felt like I was buying bus tickets. Where I was just like, Welcome yeah. to TWA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, that was my, my nostalgia. And my mom was cooking and we played Pekino, uh, which is like, oh, a, shit. do you know what Pekino is? I've seen it played. I've never oh. played it myself. It's like this old school game that my parents love to play with their friends and stuff where you like use dimes and it's basically almost bingo, but with cards, but we would play Pekino at the table and spades and stuff. And it just felt like I felt like I was a child again for a little bit. It was nice. Yeah. I thought I just realized that one of my moments was this is this is a, not the same as playing games. But uh, my parents, my whole childhood, this is like so revealing of me. My whole childhood, my parents got like a physical copy of the New York Times, and they would share it across the table, and just like breakfast was kind of not talking because they were just like looking at, and then they would like hit, they would like have it open like a like true newspaper style, and like hit it when when like crazy things were going on, and go like ha. Can you believe today? Blah, 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 blah. And they were doing that. Oh, my God. Your, par- your family's a sitcom. I was like, what? Were- are they straight out of central casting? What it was that? like it was like 1990 all over again. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, this is, I mean, it's so charming. And I was like on my iPad scrolling and they were like. Oh, How's your parents' uh, cardigan game? Are they on point with the knit- knitwear? <laughs> I, I have to, I have to like one up you. They're kind of velour game. Oh Ooh. shit! That's kind of smooth Woo! though. They're pretty adorable. Um, they're pretty adorable, and they're also very practical. Like they both have like right. like they've they've gravitated towards one each that they just sort of like wear for four days in a row and then like right. launder because no one's leaving the house. They're taking this very seriously. Wow, she's like, yeah, my mom wore a baby fat velour tracksuit <laughs> with and the my right dad on the We're a fat farm. Yeah. Fat yeah, exactly. Honestly, With that my dad's is starting to get holes in it, and I, I was, I kind of called him on that, and he's like, "I've had it since like the '70s. It's the coolest." And I was like, "I mean, what am I gonna say? Great, yeah. just keep doing it, whatever." Good ad for that if it's lasted this long, right? Uh, Samara, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. It's been a wonderful time. A dream. A dream. Uh, we're thank learning. You. 
every day. And please check out her podcast as well, uh, Permission to Speak. But yeah, where can people find you and follow you and do all of that good stuff? And, and what's I'm a tweet that you like? Instagrammier more than I okay. am tweety. Sure. Uh, but at Permission to Speak Pod is a pretty good one. Um, okay. My personal is at Samar Bay. And um, yeah, I mean, all things voice and speech, but I have to say I define that very broadly. It's about like power structures in America and, you know, that's kind of fucking everything. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Is there a tweet you like or any kind of social media post that you think's worth sharing, talking, made you laugh? Um, this I brought something in from um Roxanne Gay. Uh she she retweeted Ralph Nader. Mm-hmm. That guy. And um and Ralph Nader had said, I sent AOC the following letters suggesting ways she can broaden her progressive impact and help many people now that she is in the media spotlight. She has not replied, despite repeated requests. And Roxanne Gay wrote LOL, oh my God, wow, successful woman, didn't talk to man she didn't know who had offered unsolicited advice. So he, checks notes, uh, implores Twitter to help him. <laughs> and then she says, I've lived a good life. Uh, <laughs> so Roxy and Gay is now dead. Um, it's such a bummer. It's such a bummer. Such that, a bummer. Um, She's great. That, yeah. a- that AOC didn't give Ralph Nader uh, the time of day after, by the way, I, I was de- my first voting was was when he um, really like fucked it yeah, up for d- the Democrats. So like, hey, well, hey, a lot. Yeah, get, get those people those seatbelts though. Shout out to Ralph Nader for that. Uh, Lacey, Wait, what is where, that reference? Because he was big uh, in the movement to get like seatbelts become standard in in cars because people were dying, and he's like, you need to actually make this the law. And I mean, it's like, thanks, why Ralph. Didn't, why didn't he just Thank like, you so much. Yeah, why didn't he just like let that be his legacy? I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, unsafe at any speed was that like the book uh, that he wrote. Strap uh, in, in the 60s. to Ralph. Nader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Lacey, What about you, Scam Goddess? Where can people find you, follow you, and be blessed? Guys, as always, Scam Goddess Pod anywhere. Scam Goddess on all platforms. You can listen to me talk about scams and laugh. Um, also, you can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I Diva Lacey on all platforms. And a tweet that I'm enjoying comes from Yasser Lester, who's one of my favorite people. Hey. Donald Trump tweeted, save the post office in all caps. And Yasser retweeted and said, this would be like R. Kelly tweeting, y'all free them girls from my house. <laughs> oh yeah sir he's so wild he's a wild man oh uh, man but that made me laugh it's dark it's a very dark joke but <laughs> any other ones that it i had the exact same um say the post office and the retweet is from jen uh katen robinson who said this is extremely murderer join search party done <laughs> for body in the woods <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, you can find me at Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram, and also my other podcast. Everybody's like, "And my other podcast? And my other podcast? <laughs> uh, so many podcasts." Uh, Four Twenty Day Fiance. You know, he's getting high talking about Ninety Day Fiance. You know, really going back, back in time. Uh, and let's see some tweets that I like. First one is from at uh, Kate Hulls, uh, C A I T H U L S. She says, "A spicy wine? Oh, you mean a jalapeno?" He no. like Pinot Noir. Uh, so stupid, but no, why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one is from at Ellie Crimendall. The tweet is, my body is not a temple. It's a storage unit for my regrets, <laughs> which is accurate. Uh, and then one more because uh, on the there are a lot of people at Benny Funny Michelle Obama takes. Uh, this is from at Taylor Crumpton uh, tweeted, when they go low, beat they ass. Uh, shout out to you. <laughs> 
Uh, you can find the Daily Zeitgeist at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We've got a Facebook fan page, and the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. So for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get those podcasts. We also have a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Thank you so much. Uh, where you get the episodes and the song we write out on. What are we going to write out on? Well, we're still, it's, it's hump day, right? It's the middle of the week, so we got we're starting off strong. We need to relax a little bit because Thursday's tomorrow and then Friday and then whatever the week means to anybody, who knows anymore. But this is a track from Lapti, who is a producer who I did not know like anything about. I just came upon this track, uh, and it's super dope. It's called Sao Paulo, and it's got... It's, I think, sampling like Bia, that uh, artist, but she, like, this is like on a very vapor wavy, like 80s, um, like retro beat, but it just, I don't know, it goes. So, you know, relax to this one, do your chores, your laundry, whatever, get your big toe shooting up in your boot, uh, and until then, we will bid y'all adieu. And stick around though later on today, we will have a trending episode, but that's it for the normal stuff. Thank you everybody for joining today. We will talk to you soon. Bye bye. I'm gonna chase all around the world.